everybody welcome to the 148th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage here before we started recording i got a beard compliment which is pretty pretty cool because we've we just discussed that this is like the first time i've ever taken care of myself by doing the more than the bare minimum of uh hygiene so your boys finally growing up ladies I'm sorry it's taken so taken so long, but your boy's using moisturizer. My hands aren't as you know ashy as they were. You know, it, at 28 years old, I thought it was the time to grow up a little bit. So here I am. I don't know where you're going. So no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just I'm proud of my self hygiene, bro. That's it. I just wanted to let the people that listen know that. I always smelled good, but you know, now I'm moisturizing and using using beard oil, so I'm really out there. Your game your your hygiene has matured. Yeah, dog, this is me at my best. After game one, would you say the Blazers have matured with their playoff performance knocking off the Thunder for the first time all season one oh four to ninety nine, basically leading wire to wire. Um That was yo, this was a big win. Big win. This was a big boy win. This is a big ass win because how many years has it been since we've won a game in the playoffs? Two? Portland snapped a three year playoff losing streak, 10 consecutive games. They will not get swept for the third consecutive series. Big win. Uh, They exercised a lot of demons this afternoon in, in Portland. What were the things that impressed you from the stands? I mean, I would say. Early on, Portland caught fire from three, and it was just, it was almost reminiscent of the Jake Lehman game against the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt that. He went off for 20 points in the second quarter, and Portland just rode that wave of momentum. And Portland got hot, and we led 39 25 after one. I think we led by as many as 19. And it was really nice to see not only Dame's hit from three early, but CJ as well, because this was only his third game back from the knee injury, and it was enough. Neither team, I don't think either team left the arena felt, feeling like they, they played their A game. So no, there is no, no. room for improvement on both ends. But in the playoffs, sometimes all you need is a little momentum and a little rhythm, and Portland was able to ride it all the way through. They, they held off the Thunder basically multiple times they got within one dame hit from downtown i would say the two things that stood out to me most was ennis Cantor, 20 points a playoff career high 18 boards efficient 8 of 15 from the field um, two blocks one steal and aside from probably the last four or five minutes of the first quarter when he picked up that foul against steven adams and then it was basically just an easy easy open season in the paint for, you know, the big Kiwi. Cantor played pretty damn good defense, and I I think you take that. The other part that kind of really stood out to me was, was Damian Lillard. He obviously had the hot start scoring 12 points, and then it was almost like the team went along with him, and when he slumped, the team slumped, and we had a couple of rough patches in the second and third quarter 
we were able to keep our heads above water. And then he kind of like, okay, captain's here. It's Dame time. Just hop on. I'm going to take care of it. He hit two incredibly deep threes. Couple of buckets in in, uh, in the paint. Ended up with 30 points, four dimes, four boards, three steals. Um, five of 11 from downtown, which you take every single time. Got to the foul line eight times. It was nice to see him exercise his own personal demons because you know he heard the chatter after last season's playoff performance and for a while it was starting to look look like that again in the second and third quarters but the team needed him he turned it on and the Blazers were able to hold off the Thunder to get I think this feels like more than one victory if you're a Trailblazer player and a Trailblazer fan just just given everything that was talked about going into Mm. the series so those two were definitely what I was most impressed with and what stood out to me from the stands. The impact plays defensively was a huge turning point in the first quarter. Cause like that, the Blazers ended up with like six blocks and a steal in that first quarter. I think that type of effort defensively and Mo Harkless definitely gets like the thumbs up, the good shit, the anything you want to say, like he did his job that day and impacted it a lot. So the blocks, the steals, the hustle boards, like that shit impressed me. And I just want to say that the fans in the arena were loud because it was very difficult for people to hear like the actual broadcasters because of the, the volume in the Rose Garden. So that was some good shit. Like there were a lot of good things to build upon in this game. The defense. I mean, you can't, you can't rely on that good of shooting, especially in the first quarter, but like, we maintained and made it difficult and Oklahoma city isn't going to shoot that awful for the rest of the series, but we made it difficult on them to get clean open shots. There were some, but there also was like, you know, contested jumpers that they just took and, uh, missed most of them. Cause like that, that, that they were fucking awful from three. I would say, I loved seeing Aminu and Harkless only take a combined 10 shots. They didn't have it really going. We weren't relying on them like we've seen in past when teams would double Damon. It would would be really those two. Portland, we would be at their mercy. Are they going to hit their shots or not? We didn't have to rely on that. Um, They had six blocks combined. Their impact cannot be measured by a box score. No. This was the best defensive effort I have seen from the both of them on Paul George all season long. It started with a couple of blocks early on, especially um, as George was trying to to drive and, and get to the foul line. Um, just an incredible job defensively. And we're going to need that because Paul George was the reason the Thunder were able to go 4-0 in the regular season. But to your point on, on the Blazers, yes, we, we started off hot, but we only finished 42% from the field. Damon CJ were 18 of 45. Um, it, it wasn't like that's the, that wasn't the reason we won the game was because we, we were just red hot. We were able to grind that game out defensively. And yes, Oklahoma city shot five of 33. you you do not expect them to shoot 15% from the three point line. But when Paul George is shooting 15 attempts and he clearly isn't the same player. I mean, aside from that one, when he cut it to a 93 to a 92 lead, with about a couple minutes left in the fourth, um, he had a, they, they were slightly contested or came off of a step back, and he wasn't he hasn't been the Paul George mm. that he was 
around February and very early Absolutely. March. Before, yeah, before he messed up that that shoulder. Um, but what I would say is, did we get lucky? A little bit. I mean, we're they, they aren't going to shoot that poorly. But again, that's what home court advantage is about. And if your stars aren't going to bring it, more times than not, you're not going to get bailed out by a role player. And usually the, the best players make the biggest plays. And Portland just got big enough shots from Damon CJ down the stretch. Cantor was a monster on the offensive board. Seven mm. by himself, just cleaning up a lot of the mess. Kobe's this, bro. I, I would say that Portland was aggressive. I mean, they were hot early from three, but we really only took 25, hit 11. We stayed aggressive and we got to the foul line, shooting 21 of 27. Um, out free throw them in attempts. We were plus four in that matchup. And I think anytime you play a team with the star power of the Thunder, you want to win that battle at the free throw line. So overall, I think if, if you're Portland and you look ahead at, at game two, there are so many things you can improve upon. Mm. I think bench scoring, they're going to have to get something more from their bench. I mean, getting 18 combined points from five players and none of them getting into double figures it is really not going to cut it. I mean, make, make no mistake. Damon, CJ and Ennis are going to get the lion's share of the shots, but you know, we just need a little bit more from mm. Seth, a little bit more from Rodney. I mean, Evan's going to have matchups, whether it's Schroeder or Felton, where he can abuse them down low. Same with Rodney. So that's kind of if I'm Terry Stotts, I'm looking at film and you're going through these 15 point second quarters um, and rough spells throughout the third. Find the matchups and go to the paint and, and take care of business, because at times I felt like we made it a little too easy for OKC. I mean, they had a lot of easy looks at the rim. I mean, the paint was keeping them in business. So. I mean, there's there's still a lot to be done. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of this. It's not like Dame scored 60 or we shot you know 80% from three to get this incredible victory. We we played C plus B minus basketball and beat a team that swept us in the regular season. And um, quite frankly, I think a lot of the media chatter, a lot of the disrespect, Portland, you could see they brought that with them to the court on Sunday afternoon. I would say that the the reason I I bring up the hot shooting was that was like our buffer. That was the buffer because you knew like when it was that early in the game to have the buffer was important because OKC was eventually gonna counterattack. They weren't gonna get they weren't gonna stop trying. So having the 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 that humongous first quarter was like the margin of error that we had for the rest of the game. We can't let them get into that. So that's why I thought it was a pretty big uh thing for us how did you feel about the pick and roll defense steven adams got pretty hot off the pick and roll but i would not blame enos i honestly wouldn't the rotation looked like enos was supposed to cut off the guard and then the help the the guy on the that that's guarding the shooter was supposed to help on the cutter and they didn't help on the cutter so it looked like enos gave up a lot of points but i think it was the bad rotation from the help side, like Enos played really well and he tried. So I don't think it was his fault that Steven Adams got a lot of easy shit. It was just bit that our rotations sucked on the help side. Well, Adams had 17 and nine, eight of 14 shooting, and he's capable of doing just that. I mean, he's, he's a buff average starting center in, in this league. I really think about eight of those 17 points occurred right when, 
Ennis got that first foul. And he got that first foul in the first three or four minutes of the first quarter. And obviously he knew he had to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily off of the pick and roll they were scoring. They were just dumping it into Adams. And Cantor just basically played, you know, Olay defense and kind of just was a warm body, essentially, a practice player. And Adams just kind of went to the bucket. Thankfully, Portland put a stop to that pretty quick. But the pick and roll, and you know, another thing that, that impacts the pick and roll is you have to have shooters to stay home on. And OKC was not hitting that mid-range, whether it was Schroeder, who went 5 of 17, or Westbrook, who was 8 of 17. Um, a lot of their buckets just came right at the rim where, like you mentioned, there was no help. And so I think that was a miscommunication, a breakdown on the Blazers' defense part. But what I thought was a, a pretty big X factor was guys like Schroeder, Felton, Ferguson, Jeremy Grant, players who had had Portland's number this season – were quiet as a church mouse. None of them ever really felt like they were going to impact a game in a way that would turn determine the outcome, which happened earlier this season. I would argue that Dennis Schroeder helped the Blazers because he missed yes. so many shots. Yes, and, and you have if you're Portland, you have to live with him shooting seven threes compared to Russ going to the basket. Absolutely, I mean, you take the you take the shoot the shots from non shooting players. Like, Schroeder isn't a marksman from three. He's, like, a high-variant shooter, so sometimes he's going to be red-hot, and sometimes he's going to shoot, like, absolute dog shit. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're Portland, now's the time where you really earn your money, especially the coaching staff. And I, I give Terry Stotts credit because I think he did win the Game 1 coaching battle. Uh, Billy Donovan... For a minute there in the third, started blitzing Damon. We kind of looked, you know, haphazard and, and out of whack, but but he stopped. And Portland was was really able to get the ball in Lillard's hands, whether it was shooting the deep three or getting to the bucket. Uh, Portland found their shots. Even the shots that Chief and Harkless missed came off a really nice dribble penetration. And I think we had a pretty nice defensive scheme although we definitely need to tighten up as dame said we didn't do anything to stop them from missing those threes they missed a bunch of wide open shots so it's great to know that there's a self-awareness there that hey we can get better but where the coaching staff is really going to have to play chess in a sense is they have to anticipate what oklahoma city is going to do for their adjustments and they're going to have to basically be one step ahead because if i'm billy donovan I'm trying to get Russell Westbrook in pick and roll action with him going to the basket or him posting up because he seemed to get it going in those second and third quarters. It wasn't off of mid-range jump shots. It wasn't off of three-pointers. I mean, Westbrook was not chucking, um, you know, for all of the the knocks that you want to put on him as a player. He, he wasn't chasing anything this game. I mean, he really kept in check. If anything, it was Paul George and Dennis Schroeder who, who kept heaving. But... If you're Terry and you're the rest of the coaching staff, how are you going to game plan for that? And looking at this OKC roster, the the one benefit, if you are Portland and you had a positive kind of sentiment going into the series, outside of, of Paul George before the shoulder injury and Terrence Ferguson, they don't really have shooters who are going to be a knockdown, knockdown shooters. I mean, we talked in the playoff preview Jeremy Grant shot nearly 50% from three against Portland this season. Well, he was 0 for 3 from three this game. I mean, 
it, it's going to have to be, I mean, we have seen when teams beat the Blazers, it's when our players just don't hit shots. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to in playoff basketball, shot making in the half court setting. Oklahoma City didn't. Portland did just enough. And, you know, I, I think if it's going to be a very long series, that that's probably the one conclusion I drew out of this. I, this feels like a knockdown drag out seven game heavyweight bout that everyone was anticipating. I really think this series is going to live up to the hype. What did you think about the like quarter long drought that Damian Lillard had? <sighs> I would be lying if I said I wasn't worried just because of. What happened last year, kind of how Dame entered the postseason, he was really looking to distribute, and we didn't really have, I would say, a game down the stretch where he put up 40, like, okay, you know, Dame's still capable of doing this. In, In your heart of hearts, you knew he was, but... There were those stretches where OKC, like, they they chopped that lead. I mean, it was 19 in the second quarter. They chopped it down to uh, six going into halftime. And we kind of played back and forth. But when he hit those threes, I was like, okay. Dame is just, you know, going through some adversity, but he's riding the ship. I mean, he is living up to his reputation as big game Dame. And I was so proud of him, so happy for him because – you know, the media, the national media really tore him apart after that performance against the Pelicans. And I just wanted to see him shine on a national televised audience on ABC that, hey, last season, that's in the past. This season is now. He is a top five, seven player in the league. And we're incredibly lucky to have him. It, it's it, it's a weird thing where even in the playoffs, I felt like the bench played a like played a lot. I I mean we went it I think nine people played. Ten. Ten. Okay. So normally teams play less players and for us we just keep our regular rotation. So it's oh it oh like because I do daily fantasy, I watch Damian Lillard closer than anybody. And it seems like he gets shots in bunches. He does, it isn't a consistent, uh, string of shots. It's like first quarter, there's a bunch. Second quarter, is, he's passing. Third quarter, he's passing. And the fourth quarter, it's a shitload. So it, it's, I kind of expect a long delay of scoring with Dame, but like a, a full quarter of him not scoring was kind of scary. And I get that, but I, I felt, that we were going to win this game for a while. Like, I, I think I even said it on your Twitter. Like, we're winning. I I felt confident with how we were playing that particular game that we were going to win it. Yeah, OKC got close, but I still, in my heart of heart, we got this. We got this. I think if I'm Dame and I'm looking to make an adjustment, if the three's not falling, attack. Attack the Thunder on defense. Um, yes, Adams is a pretty good defender, but he's not Rudy Gobert. He He's not that elite level. And I think you could really help Ennis out by picking up one or two fouls on, on Adams. That way, we have the major advantage down low. And that's kind of what I, I saw Portland do in, in the fourth quarter. In the second and third, when Dame was struggling, it was more of the same. He was taking a couple off-balance shots, a couple shots from deep. 
the ones that went in in the first all of a sudden started missing and I just want to see Dame continue to be aggressive and use the pick and roll to his advantage. If he's drawing two defenders that, that far out, that means somebody's open. So, you know, it, it takes two to tango. So another adjustment I would like to see is Ennis has a has a habit on the pick and roll to just stand mm. after setting the mm-hmm. screen. If he just rolls to the hoop, I mean, it just lob it over the top and he's able to either shoot a mid-range shot, go all the way to the basket or stop and pass it out to a shooter. Um, I and don't it's anticipate... a much better chance of us drawing a foul, too. Yes. I mean, he's never... It's something I've noticed of the past few games, so unless they catch it in film, I don't know if he's ever going to turn into that type of player, but... I think it's a habit that he, like he's he's more stationary yeah. on the It, the, it the is bank. a habit, but I think that's a way to make teams pay for sending two on Dame. Was there a lot of Sonics fans? Like three, maybe 20 Thunder fans total. So that's another good thing about playing a team from Oklahoma City. You don't have to deal with the bandwagon bullshit like you do with the Lakers or the Warriors um, or whatever team LeBron plays on. Uh, so that was really nice. It was a legit home game. Um, still undefeated with Pops in the building. Ran into the homie stupendous before before the game. So I was like feeling good. We got the good vibes. Um, and it just really feels like we collectively – got the monkey off of our back. You know, there's just been so much pressure and talk about the 10-game losing streak, three years between playoff victories, last year's sweep, Dame's performance, this and that, OKC wanting us, everyone picking OKC, and it's just like, you know, just basically put your finger up to your lips and just go, shh, that's game one, it's in the books. You feel pretty damn good if you're a Trailblazer fan, because, like I said, we played 70, 80 percent and still found a way to beat a team that beat us four straight times in the regular season to play devil's advocate. I think you feel pretty damn good if you're an Oklahoma City fan because Russ didn't Russ had a triple double. But it, to me, he has a lot of. Um, I, I call them meaningless triple doubles just because it didn't feel like he was ever impacting the game in a way a triple double traditionally does. Um, especially for a superstar player, you'd like to see the points increase a little bit more. And, you know, 24 is basically just a, an average night at the office for for Russ. And he definitely had his moments where he started to look like he was going to take it over, but he could never get the jumper to fall. And then also Paul George just, just could not hit. The team was 5 of 33 from downtown. You have to feel like they're going to start to shoot a little bit better. Yeah, the spacing was so bad for them just because they like – Blazers didn't respect the shot, so they were able to get in the middle and disrupt Russell Westbrook because, let's be real, the best defense on him is let him shoot. We were in, we were just collapsing the paint, and it made it hard, and it it didn't loosen up since the shots weren't falling. I think if the shots were falling, we would have to adjust, and Russ could have had a better game. It was just all the other guys were slacking, so he couldn't get to the hoop and do the damage that he can do. I mean, and really Oklahoma city is just looking to split in Portland and that opportunity is still there mm-hmm. for them. So isn't the saying it doesn't become a real series until you win on someone else's court. That's, that's the saying. And, and, to, and to be honest, I was talking to Olga before we recorded this, this episode that this this is going to me, it has all the makings of feeling like 
a playoff series from 1990 when the Blazers played the Spurs. And a little bit of context, uh, back in 1990, the best of the first round was a best of five, and we were playing the Dallas Mavericks in Game Three with a chance to sweep. We end up doing that, but Buck Williams gets scraped in the eye, which caused him to wear his famous goggles. Uh, Wayne Cooper injured himself and missed a few games the following series. Kevin Duckworth broke his hand and was out until Game Seven with that, you know, just that heroic kind of last-minute walkthrough where he got the standing ovation. And so Portland was heading into a series, the second round against the San Antonio Spurs, against David Robinson, basically down two of their top big men. Um, we're down Yusuf Nurkic, and Portland used their crowd. We had home court advantage. The series went seven. Every home game was down to the wire. Portland pulled them all out. They went on the road, and they got obliterated in San Antonio. I kind of have that same feeling that a Portland's going to win this series they're going to have to win every home game. I mean, th- th- do you kind of get that feeling? Oh, I, don't, I truly don't think we're going to win a game in Oklahoma City. And that's why I said on the podcast, we will not win the series unless we win game one. Like, that that has to happen. It gives a, it, it releases a lot of pressure on us, too. It does. And Royce Young, um, writer for the ESPN, uh, covers the Oklahoma City Thunder for um, the network, mentioned that this win holds a little bit more weight if you're a trailblazer because it does get you in that mindset to believe. And everyone in the NBA is talented. We've discussed this time and time again. It's all mental where games are won and lost. And if you get hot, if you get confident at the right time, just like that momentum we built in that first quarter, you can ride that for a few games and you can really start to believe that, wait, we are the better team. We are more, more talented. We have the best fan base. We are not going to lose here it starts creeping into your mind and you get those positive thoughts and you play off that positivity. Our guys can't let any negative thoughts come into our head. This theories, because once the negativity creeps in, it's so hard to get it out. So like it, it has to be positive vibes for that, that entire organization. And this win right here definitely helps with the positive vibes. Going into game two, what are the things that we take from game one and bring it into game two? The the hard-nosed defense has to be there at every game that we play. And honestly, we we were pretty damn dominant today, especially with those impact plays. I mean, so talking about game two, I think it's a great segue. We do have a question from Brandon from the Trailcasters. He asked... The Blazers turned the ball over a lot. We turned the ball over 18 times to be exact, but the Thunder couldn't hit a three to save their life. Five of 33, which we've discussed. Which of these two things self-corrects more than the other in game two? And I thought that was a really interesting question because when Oklahoma City made the run, it was in due in large part to Portland making a pass, but it going out of bounds off of a player's hands, off of their foot, um, dribbling into the double team and Oklahoma City running out. Portland was able to hold off Oklahoma City any sort of, you know, dominant run due in large part to them not stringing together multiple threes and and just being ice cold from beyond the arc. I would say that given Paul George's injury, which I think is is worse than is than than is being reported. I think it's worse than it was all year, to be honest, because I think it's both shoulders now. 
It isn't just yeah. one because like both are heavily taped. He said he wasn't able to lift his hands over his shoulder after the Rocket game. Like that was the last time he shot a basketball was last Tuesday. And if you look at the season season long stats, Portland averages. We are pretty damn good at taking care of the basketball. 13.8 turnovers per game is 11th best in the NBA. We turn it over four more times at home. I think we're going to look at film. And I also think turnovers are in large part due to jitters, excitement, anxious. I call them scaries. They're scaries. Like in the 2K community, when you throw a bad pass because you're nervous, it's called a scary. What we did was we threw scaries in the second quarter, and it gave Oklahoma City runouts. Are we going to cut down the scaries? I think we will just because it's game two, no more game one jitters. I still think that Oklahoma City is elite at reading scary passes and making normal passes into turnovers, so they're very good at that. But I think we will chill chill out on throwing bad passes. But... What I will say is we do throw bad passes. A lot of oh, lazy absolutely. passes. That's been our bugaboo all season long. But what I would say is Oklahoma City is not a good three-point shooting team. I mean, that, that's been the knack on them. They're in the bottom third of the league, 22 exactly. They shoot 34.8%. Um, basically, they shoot 33 times a night. They'll hit 11. Yes, that is much better than 5 of 33. But a lot of those threes early in the season were when Paul George was playing like he was Kevin Durant. Well, he's not even at Paul George right now. Like like I said, I think those shoulders are impacting him. Will they get hot during the series? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's going to happen when the series shifts south to Oklahoma. But I think if Portland can take care of the ball, I think there – let me rephrase. I think there's a slightly better chance that Portland is a, is around their average for turnovers in game two. Then Oklahoma City is shooting the three. And really, I think that is the next factor. Like, can Portland continue to hold Oklahoma City or get lucky? Because I, I would say game one, we got a little bit lucky. They had a lot of wide open looks. Can we make the adjustments to make those shots even more difficult? Yeah, it, I think it, we if we can test. I, I think the scary passes is a lot of mental stuff. Um, we normally don't string together like four turnovers in a row to get the team you know, eight fast break points. So I think at home, we are going to cut down the scaries. I'd say Oklahoma City at home is going to force more scaries and hit threes better just because... The good news, if you're a Blazer fan, is is a third of the turnovers. Dame had six of our 18 turnovers. I don't anticipate him being that reckless with the basketball. And I think the, the statisticians kind of gave him a few that should have went to Cantor or Zach or a couple of the bigs, Chief, uh... That that should have been caught. So that that's the good news. It wasn't Evan Turner coughing up the basketball. It wasn't CJ going one on one for 13 seconds of the shot Let, clock. He did ISO quite a bit in that third quarter, though. Played a lot better. That's great. But there were still points at time. I'm just like, dog, this is the worst possible thing we could be doing. Like when when CJ uh, ISOs, the other four people are just logs offensively. They aren't doing anything. They're watching. It becomes really easy to defend an ISO play when the rest of your team is just a log watching you. It basically you have to you you have to shoot it. No one else is going to move. No one else is going to cut. Like it's all on you. So whenever he does that for multiple plays in a row, I know it's not good for our team. 
But I think it's who CJ is. It's what he's been this year. So uh, expecting him to be different now is kind of reaching for something that isn't going to happen. But overall, I would say he kept the ISO to to a respectable amount. Yeah. And he delivered. He had a huge and one um, just in the second half. That was that was mighty. He didn't convert on the free throw. And that's another thing. Portland got to the line 27 times. You expect them to hit more than 21. So they need to. Yes, that's 78 percent as a team. But as Blazer fans, we've got to know a team that is you're just kind of. Not dumbfounded, but you're kind of like, oh, my God, we missed the free throw. Like we are we are that good as a team. And especially at home when you're not shooting well or you're turning the ball over. Easy points. The, easy points. You got to make them count. Sage, we have discussed game one a little bit into game two. What are you thinking happens? What should Portland do differently? Can they do some of the same that work? Can they bottle it up? Who's your X factor? Who's winning and why? My X factor is how we defend on shooters and on the pick and roll. I think it's defense. It's it's contesting better on those shots because Paul George did have opens that he just bricked. I don't think that happens every single time, so we have to contest better. And then it's helping the helper on pick and rolls because as playoffs is it as the playoffs get deeper, it's more and more pick and rolls. So we have to be able to play it a lot better. So it's help the helper and that type of in the rotation back. So that's what I'm looking for really is just our making the impact plays, but also making the good consistent plays defensively. Yeah, um, I have a lot of X factors just because, just because it's it's the playoffs, playoff. bro. It's the playoffs. You got and so many things matter. It's never just one thing. The one thing impacts the other, which impacts the other, which impacts the other. It's a string of things that happen. Absolutely. And first and foremost, Portland needs a fast start. I think nothing was better for the mentality of this team than hitting a first few shots. Absolutely. Going up double digits, the crowd got into it. We need that momentum. That's what home court advantage is all about. I think we've only won three times this season when trailing going into the fourth quarter. I'm not saying we're going to have to have a carbon copy of Sunday's game where we go up big and just hold them off the rest of the game, but we do need to run out and get ahead of them and really continue to believe and 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 put more doubt in, into Oklahoma City's mind. I think Oklahoma City, obviously any team, plays worse when they start to panic a bit, and you need to kind of instill a little bit of panic. I also think... The bench. The bench is a huge X factor. We need somebody, whether it's Seth, whether it's Evan, Rodney. They, we need someone that can take the burden off of, of Dame and CJ. I know it's the playoffs. I know rotations shorten up, but this is still CJ's third game back. Teams are still going to throw the kitchen sink at Dame. We need additional help. So who is it going to be? I, Specifically, if we're looking at a matchup that kind of worries me after game one, it's Zach Collins versus Nerlens Noel. Nerlens was able to really have his way around the paint, uh, eight and six, 80% shooting, um, was a plus eight. In fact, they had um, Nerlens Noel, Markeith Morris, and Ray Felton were at least plus five. Nobody on our bench outside of Evan and Rodney had a positive plus minus, and it was just plus two. So 
Cantor and Lillard were basically the horses and every everything else kind of fell in line after that. But we're at home. I'm not expecting a 50 point bench performance, but you just need that guy. Like when Rodney scored 25 points and we, and we beat the Charlotte Hornets, it just, sometimes it, it takes a performance like that in the postseason. You don't have to have it for seven games. Can you get it just once? How did Seth do it? Cause like, I'm not looking at stats. Seth had, Seth was our best performer. I okay. would have liked to have seen him get a little bit more time to be honest, but as Cause we he looked confident. He took confident shots. Like, yeah. So him being a negative and plus minus. Well, he was just a minus. He was just a minus two. He had eight points, um, two of three from downtown, three of six overall, two steals. But he only got 16 minutes. And with CJ getting 37, I mean, we we discussed this on on our preview that Seth's production in terms of minutes is likely to go down. But I felt like he could have been in the 20 minute category. Oh, absolutely. Cause he, he was impacting shit, man. Yeah. He's the type of three point shooter you need. Like that's, he's going to spot up and shoot, get the crowd going. But if we're talking about three point shooting, I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling that we're going to get a big uh, Al Farouk Aminu night. It hasn't been in a while. He was quiet against the Lakers after having the 20 and 10 against the Nuggets. Quiet again on Sunday against the Thunder. It just feels like we need Chief to kind of have a like join the party, you know. Did I, he outplay I, uh, Jeremy? If you factor in defense, I would say yes, because Jeremy Grant had eight and five, Chief had ten, ten and seven, okay. three blocks. So I would say he has to beat Jeremy Grant. Every game that we're going to win, I think Alfredo has to outplay Jeremy Grant. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then my last X factor, can Ennis Cantor continue to do yeoman's work against Steven Adams? To be honest, we are going to need a 20 and 20 performance on a nightly basis if we're going to win, because in the playoffs, you, you need those Kobe assists. Sometimes you need those extra possessions. You need to wear them down. He is our interior scoring. Dame and CJ aren't always going to be able to get to the lane. We don't really have another player who can dribble and take the ball. Um, and just and just get buckets in, in the interior. Ennis is a guy we could run pick and pop. We can run pick and roll. We can dump it into him. He can score on his own. He's second a chance points. Yeah, solid free throw shooter. Ennis to me is I think of, of all of all of the keys. If you can have Ennis Cantor outplay Stephen Adams to that magnitude, I feel confident everything else happening. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Dame has to be Dame. But, Dame, yeah. Dame has to be Dame, but if we're talking about Dame as an MVP candidate, first team All NBA, I don't say you take that as a given. Definitely don't take it for granted. But you're, we're not winning if Dame doesn't perform at least what he did. He, he has to be number one in any discussion of us competing and winning. But I think Nurkic. Oh, wow. Well, that's good for him that I call them Nurkic, isn't it? Enos has to play at a very, very high level. I. I out of the two of us, I've definitely talk, uh, been more negative on him. But he played his ass off today. so And he has to keep that level of production and that level of energy if we're trying to win this series. So, I agree. Enos is fucking wildly important for the success of this team. You Did you pick a Game 1 victory? I did, yeah. What, what's your thoughts for Game 2? I think that Oklahoma City plays a lot better. I also think Portland plays a lot better. I'm going to say this is a 
not in your stomach type of game the entire like the entire way out. I say we get it on a Dame Lillard game winner. You'll be in attendance as well. Yes, I will. I said on the podcast a couple days ago, I predicted the Thunder would win game one, but I said if the Blazers win game one, they're going to win game two. I think it, they have to win this game. And it's not because, oh, yeah, every no. home game is a must win. Let's just For be real. This team, without use of Nurkic, every home game is, is a must win. Yeah. I mean, th- there's no if ands or buts about it i mean they worked this fucking hard to get home court like you can't let it go to waste on some bullshit you know what i'm saying and i think just the way the media was talking about this series you can't give the thunder any hope going into oklahoma city goddamn right it has it it has to be 2-0 oh shit we have to come correct in these two games here like, that has to be the mindset. Because if it's 1-1 and Oklahoma City comes back 1-1, dude, that, like, it's going to be difficult as hell for us to win. Like, we got to keep I, the pressure on this team. I have a strange feeling, like I mentioned, it's either going to be a Minu, Myers might come in and, and spread the floor and, and hit some threes, or we get, you know, a big Rodney game. Set. Did you see that Myers Leonard screen? That it was flattened. fantastic. He flattened him. Fucking A, dog. So I just. I have a feeling there's going to be an unexpected hero, and I hope it's got to be on Portland's side. And I have a feeling it's going to be one of those guys. Harkless is going to have to continue to put the clamps down on Paul George. And we are going to have to take care of the basketball and, and basically ride ride the crowd. I mean, like you said, you gutted it out for 82 games to have the first two at home. You you got to continue to play with that crowd. You Give can't us waste it. a reason to be even more rowdy, more loud. Because Sage, the game got over at like three three thirty. I mean, I wanted to nap so bad. Oh, you didn't. Oh, wasn't God. able to, but I felt I felt like I was in a prize fight. Like I I was, you know, just beat and exhausted. My 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 throat, a little sore. I mean, Olga was doing work. I mean, just so loud. I was so proud. Uh, had the parents in, in, in attendance. Like it was such a fun environment. The atmosphere was second to none. I I can't wait to do it again. Tuesday night, seven thirty, TNT, NBC Sports Northwest. I mean, this, this is what, this is what we play for, Sage, what we're fans for. Like, there's just such a different environment when it comes to the playoffs. Like, that's all I could think about all weekend. I couldn't sleep last night. I, was I like slept kid. like absolute dog shit, too. Dog, yes, so. I was like a kid on Christmas, just, just waiting in, in, in anticipation. And, ugh, dog, like, I went ham at the fan shop. They had all the new Oh, fuck gear. me. I'm going to have to spend money on that shit. They had the game day posters, hats. I mean, they got Olga sweatshirt. I mean, I was geeked. I mean, they had me, but fuck. I what mean, what was that? What was the fit like? What did I wear to the game? Yeah. So, black jeans, red chucks, had my M Dame Time, white tee on, put the red Drexler Mitchell on this throwback over it, and then... Uh, vintage snapback that I got when I was eight at Blazers on Broadway. Wait, 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 wait. You can fit a hat that you got when you were eight years old? 
I have a normal size shaped head, <laughs> unlike my colleague. <laughs> I can't fit snapbacks. I cannot fit snapbacks. So to the, to be able to wear a, a, a hat that you wore when you were a child, it confuses me to my core. So I don't understand it. No, so, I have a regular size dome. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. I might wear my stupendous shirt on, uh, and then the Dame jersey over it, because the CJ one has a. It's had a rough life. I'm, oh, bud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking Dame Dame jersey, um, the cleanest pair of jeans I own, and then yeah. some kicks. <laughs> you got about 36 hours to get that laundry right, my dude. Yeah, man, but oh man, I can't wait for the the, the game. The... Oh man, this is this is what we watched these eighty two fucking games for was for these moments right here, man. So honestly, if you've listened this far, forty nine minutes, you're a real one. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back very late on game for game two recap because holy shit. This, this is this is this is where we gut it out and fucking try hard, man. We're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Rate and five star us. These fans are real cool, man. And shout out to Long Story Longer. She's been fucking killing it with the the Nerf quilt. So thank you so much for listening. We are out of here. We will be back after game two. Let's go, Blazers. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go!